0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Content warning. Check the show notes for more information. It's October 25th, 1668, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, The Retrospectors.
0: It was today in history that Elizabeth Pepys walked in on her husband, the diarist and inveterate restoration shagger Samuel Pepys, with her maid in a position so compromising that Samuel himself could only bear to describe it in a mixture of French and Latin. For my wife, <laughs> coming up suddenly, did find me embracing the girl, con my hand sub su coats, and indeed I was with my man in her cunny. I was at a wonderful loss upon it, and the girl also.
1: And actually, Pepys protested desperately to his wife that he hadn't done anything more than hug this woman. Deb Willett, who had been hired as a companion for his wife, Elizabeth. But after several immensely tense days, apparently Elizabeth (laughs) ended up wringing some sort of a confession out of Deb and she was dismissed.
2: You might think it's odd that we are focusing on this date from Pepys' diary, given that he wrote (laughs) for a decade and gave first-hand portrayals of the Great Fire of London and the plague. But actually, this date where he was sprung by his wife, is indicative, I think, of why he was a great diarist as well as why he was kind of a terrible man. Mm. (laughs) He was willing to document everything that happened, flaws and all, and the fact that he described what this did to his relationship is kind of... What makes the diary brilliant, isn't mm. it?
0: Yeah, I think this is the standout episode of the whole diary. To be honest, I think part of it is that it resonates so much, even to this day. You know, the, because <laughs> With you know, anyone I, who's I, had, had a hand a thing- in a canny. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> yeah, three hundred and fifty years later, when we're reading the accounts of the Great Fire of London and the plague, we're looking at them as historical documents, but he painstakingly describes everything that happens in the fallout of this unfortunate clinch and it really is so human straight away his reaction is to say nothing because as he says he's not sure how much she saw so Mm, yeah yeah, he doesn't want to say anything and then they sort of awkwardly go to bed and don't talk about it and then he writes about two in the morning, talking about Elizabeth Waked me and cried and fell To tell me as a great secret that she was a Roman Catholic and had received the Holy Sacrament Which troubled me but I took no notice of it But she went on from one thing to another Till at last it appeared plainly her Trouble was at what she saw so I, it, I think even now you think that's such a human reaction She's mm. sort of rabbiting on because She's anxious because she knows what she saw But he's not saying anything mm. Like is, You're getting a real insight into their marriage At this really painful moment
1: And apparently she kept waking him for a full three weeks she refused to wash herself you know this is a woman in great anguish and then she also apparently taunted peeps with accounts of how she'd been pursued by as benefactor lord sandwich so she went through all of the different kinds of reactions to that grief inflicting moment of finding your partner cheating on you and he to his credit wrote it down well you're totally torn reading it aren't you because you're like, you've done
2: a bad thing, Samuel, but you're on his side because he's the sort of omniscient narrator of his whole life. What she did in the end, Elizabeth, is she asked Pepys, demanded, really, that he wrote a letter to Deb, whom she'd fired, calling her a whore. Mm. And Pepys obliged but then got his clerk to remove the section containing the word whore before it was delivered and secretly continued
1: the relationship. <laughs> so I just said, dear Deb, love you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: you, you, you read all of this happening on a daily basis whilst he's talking about what's happening in court and who the king's talking to and who he's spotted in the park. So. It really unfolds in front of you.
0: Especially these gruelling couple of weeks between Elizabeth walking in on them and Deborah finally being fired. We've got these excruciating long days where Elizabeth is watching Samuel Pepys, making sure that he's not looking at her. He's not allowed to go into rooms where she is. And then his wife starts dressing him herself rather than letting any servants do it. And then at night time, they're having these really prolonged rows. Pepys is describing them both being in tears half the time. And then when he finally does dismiss Deb, he starts following her around around sending people to go and look for her and then Elizabeth finds out about this too and this is when she threatens to leave Samuel and she threatens to slit Deb's nose. She turns out with some
2: tongs Mm. at one point. He's in bed. She pulls back the curtain and she's got red hot tongs in her hand. (laughs) She's like, Samuel, I know what I saw. Very
1: psycho uh, shower scene. (laughs)
0: And then they come to this really awkward arrangement. I think this is interesting because I think we have a tendency to imagine that in those days, men just did whatever they wanted and women just had to silently put up with it because they were so oppressed. But they come to this really odd arrangement that you can totally see someone on Reddit posting, is this a weird thing to do in a relationship? (laughs) Where she basically makes him promise that he will take their friend Will Hewer everywhere with him if she can't accompany him. Because Mm. she said, for she do plainly declare that she dares not trust me out alone and therefore made it a piece of our league that I should always take somebody with me or her herself.
2: Mm. But to be fair, this wasn't the first time and she must have known that too. I mean, he is not someone that you are safe with if you're a tavern girl or a shop girl, if you are in a carriage with him, if you're in a corridor with him, if you're in an alleyway with him. (laughs) As long as you're of a lower class, He
1: never tried his luck on with a member of the court class. Although, side note, he did actually once kiss a queen in a way. So on his birthday in 1669, he took his wife and his servants to Westminster Abbey to show them the tombs and the open coffin of Catherine de Valois, the Queen to Henry V., And Pepys was able to view the mummified remains. And Queen Catherine's. Oh, mummified. Yeah.
0: (laughs) like, well, this is good. I know.
1: Okay, so Catherine's body had actually been languishing there since the time of Henry VII, when the Lady Chapel, where she was buried, was demolished. And Pepys tells us. I did kiss her mouth, reflecting upon it that I did kiss the queen, and that this was my <sighs> birthday, 36 years old, and I did first kiss <laughs> a queen. <laughs> so I <laughs> sort of made it with royalty in a sense. <laughs>
2: yeah, just feels wrong to own that moment in that
0: yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is a very, very, very pre-Me Too era, but even for <laughs> the time, his but his sense of boundaries Hashtag was really <laughs> <laughs> like his boundaries were all over the place even for even for the era there's this one time and amazingly i can't believe how he records all of this stuff because so much so much of it makes him look like either a a monster or be such a loser mm-hmm. there's this time he's trying to grope a woman in church of all mm-hmm. places and she's moving away and he keeps sidling up to her like Pepe Le Pew and continuing to try and grope her <laughs> and eventually she has to pull a pin out of her bag in order to fend him off and he wrote all of this down the other thing about peeps was that he didn't even need a partner there are times when he now how do i phrase this he is able to climax alone without doing anything just through the pure power of imagination on one occasion on a particularly rocky boat and then another one fantasizing in church church seemed to be where he got really horny whether it was some mummified queens or sexual fantasies
2: wow <laughs> a word about his relationship with elizabeth though they had married for love at a time when peeps would have been expected as a member of his class to have a match that came with a dowry they stuck together relatively happily despite having had no children and that's something that they both obviously wanted they had a room in their house that they called the nursery but it never had children in it probably as a result to an operation that he'd had to remove his kidney stones Mm -hmm. she wrote him a letter saying at one point that she was unhappy in their marriage and he was so upset that he destroyed it in front of her without reading it. He couldn't bear the fact that she'd articulated that in words. Mm. So, I mean, they certainly had a tempestuous relationship, you could call it. I mean, it's hard to put our standards on it. But they also clearly loved
1: each other and continued to love each other. That's why it mattered Mm. when she caught him in this situation. I mean, the other woman in this incident, Deb eventually does drop out of the diaries but there's been quite a lot of work done to discover what her uh, future held after she disappeared from peeps's record and an academic called dr loveman discovered that just eight months after peeps's last entry about deb's she apparently married a young clergyman called jeremiah wells the pair of them lived in lodgings in angel alley in Whitechapel, and it's just over a 10 minute walk from peeps's home in Seething Lane, and it looks entirely likely that some sort of relationship continued between Peeps and Deb, because at one point, Deb shows up asking for assistance for her husband, Wells, to get a job as a navy official, and Pepys did actually help him.
2: Although Elizabeth was dead though, by that point. Elizabeth died age twenty nine from a fever.
0: Yeah, and he actually mentions Deb in the final lines of the diary, because the reason he stopped writing it, he was still relatively young. The reason he stopped writing it was because of his eyesight, which was failing. And he reflected that if he wanted to continue a diary, he would have to have somebody to transcribe it for him, which meant that he obviously couldn't write about the same explicit topics he'd written by himself, but he notes that allowing a servant to transcribe his diary no longer posed any risk of scandal. Now my amours to Deb are past. And so she still was playing on his mind. And I think Mm. that is what made it, you know, the diary is littered with him groping and shagging all around town. But it was his infatuation with Deborah, I think, that caused Elizabeth to be so upset.
2: He was a great destroyer of his own papers in his lifetime. He burned a romance that he wrote whilst he was a student at Cambridge. So in other words, what he left behind
1: was done very deliberately. You kind of wonder what had to go into the fire if one of the things that didn't go into the fire was the erotic bit about him sticking his hand up someone's bits. (laughs) Tomorrow we're going to gun you with our guns for carrying guns, <laughs> gun slingers. <laughs> Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, part of the ACAST Creator Network.
2: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.